Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley, and Heather Lawton is back again on the podcast today, and we are talking all about some more money mindset things, specifically how Heather is ever going to afford her chicken chapel. Stay tuned. Glad you're here. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Begley. And today, gosh, for many weeks in the row, you know, we went through a little Heather Lawton and desert. And now we are like Heather Lawton and Flood. And I know you guys love it. <laughs> We've come through through the desert into the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is no mirage. This right. is not a drill. Heather is back on the podcast for yet another podcast episode about our favorite thing to talk about. Gosh, money mindset, managing money, all of those things, because it's become such an important piece of success in our business and really our life. So. Welcome back, Heather. Thank you for having me. Money is a very important topic. It's very necessary to run a business, whether you're, even if you're running a nonprofit, you know, nonprofits yeah. still need to make money to, to exist. So yeah, yeah. The, the word at the zoo is always no money, no mission. I mean, like uh, you, you right. need it. Yep. You need it. So I had a money situation come up recently. And so not only do I need your help, but it actually involves you. What? Oh. Yeah, you don't even know this because I haven't told you. I know, yeah. This is, okay, here's the little backstory. Heather just voxered me and is like, hey, we need to record a money podcast. I'm like, okay. So we just (laughs) got on and she says, I want to ask you some stuff. I'm like, all right. So I honestly have no idea what's coming here. Yeah, I need some help. But I do want to say this before I embarrass myself yet again with these constant money issues. (laughs) I do want to say I have been making progress. And so I want to share something that I think I did really well. I'm like really proud of myself. And this also involves you. Both of these stories involve you. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in North Carolina and with you and we were visiting. And one day we rented a boat, actually two days, we rented a boat to go out on Lake Norman, which is beautiful. And the last time we had done that, I distinctly remember being on the boat and think, and you were showing me the houses and we were talking about the pricing of some of oh, these. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They're much more now. But yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> many, many, many millions, some in the tens yeah. of millions of dollars. Uh-huh. And I distinctly remember with a decent attitude. Like I wasn't, I wasn't upset about this, but I was like, I can't even imagine this life. Like this life is who lives this life? How do they do it? Like it's inspiring, but I There's cannot- a lot of them. There's 55 miles of shoreline. 55? 500. I lied. 55 was Deep Creek. There's 550 miles of shoreline of those houses yeah. on just one of the three lakes in Charlotte. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, where are these people getting this money? So last year, I was I was very lack mindset, scarcity, mm-hmm. and I could not identify. I was like, how do these people live? What the, this is such a life. Like, look at this life. And I was excited about it, but I had separated myself in a scarcity mm. uh, Did you way. have any judgment towards those people? for having that life? Hmm. I don't think so. I think I used to, I definitely used to, but yeah. I've improved in that regard. Okay, where I'm like, so it was just, it was yeah. just, Oh, that's nice for them, but I'm over Correct. here. Whereas, Correct. Uh, never the two can meet. 
That's exactly right. Okay. So this was a two-step process. One was getting over the like judgment and jealousy. That was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I got through that. And I can be excited and think what's possible, but I still have this separation of for them, not me. This year, so this is just a couple weeks ago, you and I get on the boat and we are coming out of the harbor and I had that feeling for a split second. And mm-hmm. I was like, who lives this life? And then I said to myself, Heather, you are actually living this life. Like you are on the boat, on the water, in this beautiful lake. Like you, you are the same. I mean, I may not have that mansion, but all of a sudden it was like, I, what I did was I really grounded myself in the present moment. I am with my best friend on a beautiful day on a boat working. Like, could life possibly get any better? I don't think so. Cause this is amazing. So I made this shift to like, wait a minute, I am living that life. I, right. I am that person because other people are driving to their office and their nine to five right now, not on a boat with their best friend. It's it's noon on a Wednesday and we're working on a boat. Correct. (laughs) And this was, I, I was pro, I didn't vocalize this to you because it was like processing, you know, but I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's actually a huge shift for me because last year I was separate from these people. And this year I was like, no, I, who's living this life? Who has this? I actually have this life because <laughs> I'm here on the boat. And so uh, that was a huge shift for me. And I just want to acknowledge my progress. I felt good about that. So I love it. Thank you. I love Thank it. you. All right. So that was good. Now, the next one, I still need some help on, but I did, you know, you and I always talk about the first step is awareness. Uh huh. I had an awareness also with you. So you have this super abundant mindset in just like, You'll, you can make money, you can do things, you can buy things and everything it flows for you. Right. Just flows. I tend to hoard and like hold on to money and block it where you're just very free and open and abundant mindset. So I noticed that you and I have a very distinctly different approach to the same situation. Example, you buy a new horse. Uh-huh. I want to buy a, a cabin or a tiny house to put on the property. Let's just say for the sake of numbers, make it easy. Let's say both of these items are $40,000. Let's say the horse is 40 and the tiny home is $40,000. The way you approach it is like, yeah, I want a horse. I'm going to go buy the horse and then, okay, fine. Let's figure out a way to generate some money to pay for the horse. Right. My, my approach is I better save up $40,000 so that I have $40,000 in cash in full to buy this tiny house to put on the property. One of these approaches comes from abundance and one comes from lack. And I'll get, I'll let you guess which is which. <laughs> well, I want to clarify that I would not be okay doing something like that if it was, if I didn't already have that money. So I, I like you would need to have it paid for ahead of time, ahead of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about these things and and there is very much like, I'm like, oh, you know, earn money, you spend money. You like, what's the point in having money if you can't enjoy it? Right. Um, and I also, you know, look at it as uh, what are the costs for, you know, leasing a horse? And my daughter's going to ride a horse for the next four years. And I did the math and, you know, then it becomes, uh, well, you know, it's, it it becomes, it makes more sense. So then it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, I'll spend this money on, you know, on this thing here. Um, but yeah, 
I, I think the clarification is what, how much, if for this hypothetical $40,000 expenditure, how much money do you need to have in reserve in the bank to spend that? Okay, this, is, this because, is the issue. Yeah, I mean, because we've been talking about it and um, like I freely talk about that, like right now is like, oh, cash flow comes and goes and I have a lot of cash flow in out right now. Because, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I just bought a car because that needed to happen. Interest rates are growing up. I'm like, I just need to get this done. Um, and I'm quite frankly not sure that my old car with its rust problem will pass inspection this year. I didn't think it would last year. Um, and then, you know, Lauren's lease was done on the horse she was riding. I'm like, I've, I've got to get her a horse. Like we just have, cause I'm not sharing Rocco. <laughs> I mean, so there's that. Right. Um, and then the other piece is we've had this rental house we've been rehabbing since March and it's getting to the very end. So I need to like pay the contractor and we've just been spending so much money on this house, you know, upgrading, redoing the whole electric, all the plumbing and the roof and gutting it and the whole nine yards so it's just like every time i turn around it's like five grand ten grand mm. thousand six hundred three hundred like it's insane so yeah so i've been questioning like i've been getting into like i start to get in momentarily um like oh there's a lot of money going out where's this money going to be coming in from moments um because it's just but but then I remind myself, I'm like, it's it's just what it is right now. Like this house is almost done. Then we're gonna refinance it, take some money back out, and then like, okay, my savings is replenished. Like my my savings, the money I'm spending on the house isn't going away. It's just no longer liquid. Right. It's somewhere else yeah. right now. Right. But it seems to me that there's two keys here is number one, you have a higher tolerance for this than I do. And number two, you're able to tell yourself, well, this situation is temporary. I don't love it right now, but it's temporary. And I get caught up in this like all or nothing thinking, this is the way it's going to be forever, you know, and nothing's ever going to come in. And so how much would I have to have that this is the problem? Because I'm never going to have it. I mean, right. you know, because other bills come up, things happen, right? So to be able to put forty or fifty thousand dollars aside is is just not going to happen. So either I'm going to have to shift my thinking or just give up on a chicken chapel, you know, which I want both. I actually want a chicken chapel. I want a chapel in the chickens. And I and I want like a cabin on the property. Will your Priscilla head be in the top window of the chicken chapel? 100%. And people will walk by and it will scare <laughs> them. And it's so, so funny. I actually, you know what I'm trying to find right now is the outline of uh, a Yeti, you know, a Sasquatch oh, yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. to put in the woods to scare people because we live in the woods and so funny. I'm sorry. Did you not see the giant like um, metal six foot Yeti in someone's yard when we went out to get ice cream? Oh, <gasps> Did we wait? Maybe that's where I got it from. Maybe. And I don't even really like my brain doesn't metal remember. Yeti that's just like they have in the woods that is amazing. <laughs> I have got to get one of those. So you see, my my list of wants is long. <laughs> All of these things that I want. And I am so risk averse or so tight fisted that I want all of this money in an account, liquid almost all of it, to be able to pull the trigger and say go. And that's just not really realistic in terms of what I want to do. I have to be able to leverage some assets and be okay taking a loan, like understanding that I can figure this out. And I, 
my scarcity complex is holding me back. I will find a million excuses like the cabin. I want to build this cabin Mm -hmm. so that uh, we don't have a spare room in our home until our kids leave, which is hopefully soon. But I want to be able to have that available for like when Craig's family travels, they live in Texas or just whoever's in the area. But I also want to Airbnb it. And then I think, oh my gosh, our township is awful with stuff like this. They're never going to approve it. And so I talk myself out of it. Well, if the township's never going to approve it, where would I put it? What would I do with a septic? How do I get electricity to it? Should I get solar panels? And if they do approve it, should I just tell them it's like, you know, uh, they, <laughs> they say just like tell the township you're building a shed. <laughs> it's, I mean, it can be your okay. This is not legal advice, um, <laughs> right? None of this is. <laughs> I am not a lawyer or um, any sort of legal advice person, but yeah, I'm very much more of the, especially for things like that. Like you live on 30 acres in the woods, 35. Yep. Be, in the woods, yeah, you're not going to be mm-hmm. like this. The same thing actually comes back around to, I hear students all the time, like, oh, my, my township won't let me have an in-home business. I'm like, all right, if you have a little studio in your house, unless you're doing high volume with 10 new clients a day, no one will even know. Correct. Yeah. So I wouldn't say anything. That's one of those things where I'm like, um, yeah, just ask forgiveness if you get in trouble, but I imagine they would never know. Correct. I I have the same approach. And I actually have a friend who sat on the township committee and he said to me, just tell them it's a shed and what, yeah. and how, however you build it out once it's on your property, because you can order these tiny homes. I mean, you can even right. get them on Amazon, you know, yeah. and you just have it delivered on a trailer. And he's like, whatever you do after that is up to you. So if you want to build it out and it has amenities in it, you know, yeah, I would. Just, it, so anyway, I just, all of these excuses or reasons add up in my head. And then I just, I just don't do anything. And that's so not like me because with everything else, like in my business, I am go, 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 take action. But when it comes to large sums of money, you get paralyzed, paralyzed, like freak out. Like, how could I do this? This puts my family in jeopardy. And okay, which is not true. Right. But then, oh, then I'm going to have to work more. And then there's more pressure to make more money because now I have this tiny house. And well, then it's what if I can't? Tiny even... house. You're not building a big house. <laughs> See, that's, this is what I'm saying. That's how you look at it. You're like, hey, it's a tiny house. Hello. And I'm like, oh, building this house. It's, I've got, I've got to shift to this yeah. thinking yeah. of lack. It's lack. Right. Well, and, you know, there's a difference out here, too, of, you know, this, okay, let me just spend this money because I am just going to have faith that it's going to come back versus, like, (laughs) we're not just saying, hey, spend this money because it'll just magically reappear. Like, you need to make sure you're making smart financial decisions, obviously. You know, you don't want to risk, like, (laughs) the money that you need to pay your mortgage to go spec by your Airbnb tiny house shed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but assuming that all of your like must need payments are taken care of and you still have some emergency fund, even right now where my cash flow is like, oh, those those emergency funds are kind of drained right now. Yeah, very low expenditures, like mm-hmm. like gone. Um, and like my property taxes are coming up and all those things, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like if something were to truly happen, like there's still other places that you can tap income because like i said like i know i know that refinancing this house is six weeks 
you know, maybe a little bit longer because how long loans take, um, you know, but it's, it's in before the end of the year, it'll be refinanced and those emergency funds will be redone. Back, right. Then we'll be another, another ebb and flow. Cause we'll likely want to do another house. Um, but oh, I forget where I was going with that. Um, just make, you were saying like, yeah. make smart decisions. Like don't be an idiot mm-hmm. about it, which is why I run them by you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. And it's just knowing, um, you know, having some financial literacy or, or asking people that know personal finance well of like, what other options are there? Like, I know if I truly got in a cash flow bind, like I could take a home equity line of credit. Correct. Always. You know, like that's always yeah, an option. A to take that money out. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit more now than last year. If you know, cause interest rates have gone up, but like it's there, like worst case scenario. Yeah. I have a Roth IRA that you can take principal out without any, um, any penalties, but you know, do I ever want to touch that? No, not until I retire. But it helps to then feel a little bit more safe is like, oh, I know that I have where it's like, I can get cash if I needed cash to pay my mortgage. Um, but like I said, not planning to do those things, but you have like, just knowing that that options there is sometimes easier to kind of weather the ebbs and flows of different cash flow seasons. Yeah, no, that's solid advice. I mean, we, owe 25% of what our house is currently worth, which means we have 75% in equity right now on our home. So yeah, we could definitely get cash that way. But okay, I think I know the answer to this, but question for you. Why is it with my photography business when I started... You know, you if you buy a camera and a couple lenses, let's say conservatively, you can you can do that for about two thousand dollars. You could get started for well, you could buy a kit for a thousand, but two yeah. to three thousand dollars, you could have a decent setup and start photographing. I would make money from photography. I would buy new lenses in the beginning and had no problem. Like was totally confident in my ability to make that money and you know become profitable. And the same with guess what, the fairy hair business. I was totally comfortable putting down $180 on fairy hair, knowing I was going to make it back. So these are obviously small numbers, but I had complete faith in myself to figure it out. Any pressure for those two businesses at the time. Mm. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. So that's, so like the first hurdle when you're starting your business is always, um, oh my gosh, can I make this work? Can I make this work? Oh my gosh, it's working. And then the intensity magnifies by 10 because all of a sudden it's like, can I keep this up? Yes. Oh my, all going to go away. Yes. They're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. It's all just going to go crumbling and I'm going to be destitute and homeless and everything's going to be taken from me. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be on the street without food or clothing. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. That's absolutely true. Because when I started my photography business, I was still working corporate. I hadn't made the transition yet. So there was no pressure. It was just, mm-hmm. oh, wait for this. Fun. It was just fun. It was just, fun. <laughs> it was just, just fun. like the fairy hair. It was just fun. So I had no problem that, again, the numbers were small, but I had no problem because it was fun. There wasn't any pressure. I paid it off. I think the magnitude of the number and like the pressure of, okay, you can't walk away from this. You're, it's a commitment. Oh, by the way, have I ever told you I have serious commitment issues? Like, I like, for instance, don't ask me to go to the movie theater. That's three hours How of do you like think your Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick's worth it. Okay, definitely. There are some that are worth it, but I'm like, that's such a commitment. What if I get hungry? What if I get thirsty? What if I have to go to the bathroom? What if I want to do something? Like, I all yeah, of pause. I mean, crazy. Uh, it's a kind of a wonder I ever got married because of these commitments. Okay, no, I don't have. It's not that bad. I'm being funny, but 
I do have commitment issues with things that I think are going to lock me into something. So if my business is operating profitably, I could, and everything's good, you know, and we're making money. If I decided to shift or do something different tomorrow, I would be completely free to do that. I could, I could shut it down. I could do something else. I could not. I mean, I have options. Uh-huh. I feel like if I make a commitment to like forty or fifty thousand dollars, and I go in, that I'm stuck. But you already have saved the money, or you've already spent the money, so there should not be any more. If it was saved need. up, if it was yeah. saved up, and I had fifty grand, yeah, I would be fine. Because why? Because there's the freedom to. To change your mind. Or would you though? Because you mm. said before that you would never have enough to be able to spend that big chunk. Here's here's what it is, I think. And that is our minds need to get comfortable earning bigger and bigger pieces of income and spending bigger and bigger mm. chunks of money. Yes, ma'am. Because, you know, when you're starting off in your photography and you're like, oh, you know, maybe I had a $500 client. I could never imagine having a $2,000 client. Yes. I could never imagine having a $3,500 client. Oh my God. I couldn't imagine ever having a 10K client. And then that $1,000 sale happens. You're like, oh, well, this feels like a new normal. Then that 2000 Oh, this is a new normal. And then the 3000 This is a great new normal. And you know, maybe 10000 is not normal, but you're like, I'm comfortable with these outliers. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. So it's the same thing with spending money. Like you start to, um, you know, spend some money here and spend some money there. And like you start dealing with bigger, bigger numbers of money, Mm -hmm. which, you know, also comes with, as we get older, you know, hopefully we've saved more money. So we like have more of a nest egg and retirement accounts and places like that. And we have more equity in our home. And so it's not nearly scary as it was when you were like 23 and had nothing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know? Um, So I think it, it becomes a, and even if you're not actually spending it, like my homework for you is not to go out and spend $40,000. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, but, but can you imagine, can you go look at your income or your bank accounts and be like, what if, like, what if I actually took that money? <gasps> this just came <gasps> to me. Okay. What if you actually took your tiny house money, made a separate little savings account, And it had it over there. And then you kind of forgot that it was there. So it's not part of your like normal safety fund or like normal household spending. It's just like, I have this little savings over here, which is a good idea for any big purchase, Mm, whether it's, you know, joining us in Spain in October, for instance, (laughs) or Barcelona, you know, just saying a couple seats left. Come on over, everybody. Petphotographyretreats.com. Um... But uh, yeah, you know, whatever it is, like you just, you can start to imagine what it's like spending that and kind of moving that money over. It's actually another great exercise for doing this for when you're going from maybe uh, nine to five part-time photography to going full-time. And that is, can you um, just start shifting more of that money? Like all the money you make from your photography, just like pack that away into that little savings account over there. And then like when you're getting a little bit closer can you essentially just like, hey, can I just kind of live off this photography income mm-hmm. and like just mm-hmm. save more of my corporate income? And so all of a sudden, when you're ready to, you know, actually make that shift, 
then you have like this nice little nest egg of savings. Now, this can backfire on some people. Some people kind of like myself that tend to work better under pressure. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) If if I have too much of a cushion, I get too comfortable. Yes, you do. You need to know yourself too. And I'm I'm not saying like, oh, I'm going to go quit my corporate job and start a photography business with nothing's ready and I'm not ready to take clients and screw it. It'll work out. (laughs) We need to like plan ahead and make sure that we're planning appropriately. But, you know, just some different ways to maybe look at that. Yeah. So know know thyself. And then how can I, but then also how can I sort of push myself a little bit outside of my comfort zone? So I think what I will start doing is putting money aside into a separate account, just here and there and thinking about it. I also am lacking clarity on what I want. And I know that's an issue. Yeah. Exactly what I wanted. I wanted a horse for Lauren and I wanted a rental house and I wanted a new car. So it was easy to spend that money. (laughs) <laughs> it was. You knew what you wanted, so you had clarity of purpose. I've looked at a couple of different models, and I can't decide what yeah. what I want this to look like. And and these are things that have been in the works for years. Yeah, right. It's not just a, a snap decision. Right, right. And you know, thankfully, I was lucky enough that most of that house um, was funded from my um, my one hundred and six year old grandma, who's still kicking it, living on her own. Um, God bless and- her. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. 1981, when interest rates were, I don't know, will they get there again? If they do, this is your opportunity of a lifetime. Um, she, it was 1981. My godmother worked at a, at a bank and they offered for employees only and employees families um, just for like a day or two. A 40 year CD paying 15.55%. What? what kind of craziness? It was the early 80s. Interest rates were 15% for your house mortgage and everything else. It was nuts. wow. Um, which, you know, when interest rates go up, it stinks if you're borrowing money, but it's better for saving. Money. Yeah. So anyway, so she put in, you know, 500,000. $500,000 would be amazing. Oh my God, I'd be retired right now. No, she put in $500 for each of our, you know, her little grandkids. And, um, you know, in 40 years, it was about $200,000. So it was a great way to fund this uh, little real estate adventure. Oh my gosh, what foresight. But also she had to take action very quickly because mm-hmm. you said it was only offered for like a day or two. Yeah, and so they were like, like, oh wait, this is probably not a good not idea. Not a good idea, yeah. <laughs> but grandma said, I made it to win it. So uh-huh. she <laughs> yeah. Yeah. got her money and that's amazing. Here's that's the amazing. best part of that story. Over the 40 years, the CD has been owned by probably four or five different banks as different banks merge mm-hmm. and sell to each other. And um, whenever it would change, I would always like go into the new bank and like check off on it and be like, hey, this, you still have this. Let me see where's the balance, like make yes. sure that it didn't get lost. And um, every time the the bank you know, attendant would just be like, what? Like exactly. double blinking, like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I'm supposed to ask you if you'd like to roll it into something else, but um, I'm thinking probably no. I'm like, yeah, no. Unless you can beat that. We're not touching (laughs) that. That's amazing. Okay. So this is one area I just need to work on bigger numbers and, and also what I'm making it mean. So I have to be careful Mm. saying that I'm stuck or this is a commitment or that I'm forced to do these words are not helpful. 
you know, and, but I'm making it mean something about what I have to do because of this tiny home or this loan that I take out or whatever it is, I'm working on it. Uh, This is, this has been a journey for me. Thank you for your advice and for everyone listening for (laughs) coming along and please go easy on me. I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) I have, I have one more thing here too. Okay. That might help you change that mindset for um, like feeling like I have to go earn this money, Yes, you know, and anyone else too, that gets to the point in their business where like, Oh my God, my business is working. I can't lose it. And that is to shift from the money to instead shift towards the service. So instead of saying, hey, I want to earn $150,000 in my photography business this year, you shift it to, I want to serve 50 clients in my mm-hmm. photography business yeah. this year. So for me, that like brings a whole different energy when I then approach anything that I'm doing in my business, when I actually focus on who it is I want to help, the numbers of people I want to help. And how me helping them is actually going to ripple through and affect, you know, their lives and their family and everything else, their happiness. Uh, So we can do the same thing with our photography clients, too, because, I mean, imagine how many people now you are helping that have these beautiful lifetime memories capturing the relationship they have with their dog. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Okay. So what I will do is picture the people that I can serve by opening up our homestead for them to stay mm-hmm. and recharge or they don't have to pay for a hotel. And then also I do think I would like to Airbnb it and, you know, cause I have a lot of friends in the yeah. city, city folk and they love coming out into the country with mm-hmm. the chickens and such. So, um, yeah. By I think doing it, your Airbnb, I think you could potentially be like saving relationships and planets, our planet. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I think you need to do it. Because, I need to aim hey, higher. You know, okay. are coming out, you know, maybe a little weekend away from the city, reconnecting out in nature, and they're out there in nature, and they're like, man, like, this place is beautiful. I should maybe stop using all these plastic water bottles. You know, I don't know. Just, just thinking. Right. You know, I also have thought about having using it for like retreats for somebody who wants to come and maybe do a business photography retreat for a day or two Uh that they come on site on property. And we can also have shoots here because that's what it's designed for. So there are different ways that I could. I'm also a certified life and marriage coach. So we could have some marriage retreats up in Uh here. Yeah. Saving marriages. That's what I'll do. I'll focus on that. Uh Okay. Uh Okay. It's just a mindset shift is what it is. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. As with Thank just you. about everything in our life. True. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Thank you for your help. Of course. Of course. Oh my gosh. All right. So what's our takeaway from this roundabout conversation for everybody? That's a great question. Takeaway is you get you used to handling- afford your chicken chapel too. Like everyone can build your chicken chapel. <laughs> you too can have a chicken chapel. I think um Working with bigger numbers that was impactful to me is like, okay, I was comfortable with the smaller numbers, Uh which means I should trust myself and just with slightly bigger numbers and then bigger numbers and get used to that, that adaptation of I can work with larger numbers. That's okay. Leveraging money from other areas. Like I trust myself to make smart decisions. Like I'm not going to be an idiot Mm -hmm. and put my family in jeopardy and focus on the outcome or the results of what I'm doing rather than just focusing on this money piece and this, oh, I've got to take a loan and then there's payments and then there's a lack and it's scarcity, but just like shifting the focus. That cool. is, that's yes. multiple. I have one more question for you. What does it mean to you when someone takes a loan? 
Yeah, loans are bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Loans uh-huh. are bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. part of the issue. We talked about that in regards to my car. When I had to buy a car, uh-huh. I had to take out a small car loan. And I was like, I was literally in tears over it because I'm like, I don't want to take a loan. Broke people take loans. I can't afford it. I'm stupid. I'm a loser. All of these things. So yeah, taking a loan is a very, very bad thing in my mind. Which, which clearly- I'm pretty sure just about every super successful and wealthy person um, takes loans on the regular because they know that their money can work harder for them. And Correct. They know how to leverage it. You're one of those people. I watch you do it all the time. You know how to leverage your money. I was telling my husband about your home and the, the rental home and the way you do things. And I was like, she's really good at managing complexity, but she also leverages her money in a very wise way where I hoard it. I stop everything. I stockpile it. I save it. So as you can see, there are a plethora of issues and challenges that I am navigating. We all do. This. I have my own. I have my own for sure. Yeah. No, that's good. But I, yeah, I think that it's an important step for you too, is changing your um, outlook on what it means to take a loan. You know, like I know you're big on ter- paying off your mortgage early, but you know, we refinanced this house November, 2021. 2020? I don't know. Sometime in the past year, year and a half. Um, and it's 2.375. Like I will not be paying a penny of that off early because there is no way I will ever find income for that inexpensive again. Now, the money that I'm saving by not paying it off early, I'm not going to go like, you know, blow on like fancy chocolate or something. Because <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like right. I will actually use that extra money to invest in things like another rental home or, you know, retirement, other investments. So it's not just like saving that money to spend. But, um, you know, it'll become easier, I think, as the interest rates go up for you to maybe be like, oh, I should so leave that alone. You don't need yeah. to just pay this down because that is some cheap money that we bought. That is cheap money. Yes. Yes. Very well said. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I love talking about money with you. Thank you. I think our audience loves it. If you guys love it, let us know. I would also love to know from you guys what you guys found impactful from this episode or if there is any big purchases that you have coming up that you are super excited about. Um, and you know, if you have a chicken chapel out there, definitely tag Heather and let her let know. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Because those are her like hashtag goals. Yes. So <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you guys all soon. Oh, and at flourish.academy on Instagram for you, Heather. Correct? Yes. Yes. Please Perfect. follow me. Get in touch. Yep. Absolutely. At Nicole Bagley official for me. Would love to hear from you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 157. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 157. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com.